everybody, and welcome to episode 109 of Middle of the Road, the podcast. This week, we are discussing another flashback to 2009, a Coen Brothers film, A Serious Man, not a simple, single, or... You run out of (laughs) S-words. This was not their follow-up to No Country. They did Burn After Reading, and then they did this. This film was nominated for Best Picture, I believe, and should have been nominated for more. I picked this movie as a Coen Brothers fan. This might... I guess the rewatch confirms it's not my favorite Coen Brothers movie. I think that's Raising Arizona. But this is definitely one of my favorite Coen Brothers films. Uh, It is follows Michael Stuhlbarg as... A Jewish man in Minnesota in the late 60s, mid 60s. He's got a lot of shit going on. And uh, his brother, who has a cyst, plays a factor. His wife's divorcing him. His son's a little shit. His daughter needs to wash her hair. And the movie just kind of brilliantly moves through this guy's life. And then it all kind of comes together in the end with a giant, holy shit, what the fuck. Did all that mean? And of course, this is after the 10-minute prologue where we are, I believe, in somewhere in a Jewish-inhabited Russia in like the 15th or 16th century. Yeah, what does that have to do with the rest of the movie? It doesn't. It, it does, ju- The I guy's think. cursed I think is can... what it's saying, I guess. Although the Coen brothers maintain that it has no relation to the film. I mean, the, there's no... no. Well, anything See, the Coen brothers say... See, this is why say, this movie is stupid. <laughs> 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 for the record the coen brothers are the most coy filmmakers out there they wouldn't put it in there if it didn't mean anything it is its own i think it is its own good little short film i i think thematically it ties in with the film that follows it as well but um i believe nobody had seen this movie except me so tell me what you guys thought Besides Lauren's stupid. Not Lauren is stupid. Lauren announced that it was stupid. I like to tell myself that I'm not an easily irritable person. (laughs) But (laughs) watching this movie, it's like, God, why does Zach make us watch these things? It's like, you you use words like it all comes together in the end. I would say the end has nothing to do with anything. It moves beautifully through his life. I say, I don't care for any of it. And like, I mean, I just... I felt so stressed the whole time, and I just wanted. I was waiting Which for I think some is release, what you're supposed to like feel. a, like a, um, suburbicon type thing. It was like with the music and everything. I kept expecting at some point for this guy finally just grab the reins of his own life and do something. But he's such a passenger in his own life that I just hate him so much. <laughs> like just do something. I'd rather have been angry. I was just bored. Yeah, I mean, I like, like I just I don't. Like, sitting here now, honestly, with all the dream stuff, I don't remember what actually happened in this movie versus what didn't happen. It's like, where'd his brother in- where's his brother in the end of this movie? <laughs> I think he's still at the Jolly Roger, maybe? Or at home? I'm not quite sure where they've- they're living at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, there was so much stuff that I just wanted him to do, and he does none of it. It just wasn't a fan. <laughs> and then there's, like, the tornado or some shit it's like what yeah the dibbick section is the best part of the movie the rest sucks 
<laughs> it doesn't suck. The main actor is a great actor. I thought you did a great job, but like I did not enjoy the movie. I think, yeah, that's the thing. It's like there's solid acting all around. Yeah, actually, I'll, I agree with that. Not just the main but actor. Just, <laughs> none of it is put to any like good use. Like I barely care about the main character despite the performance. And I just, ugh, seriously, man, this was, this was super unimpressive. Maybe I'm just not a Coen Brothers fan. That's maybe how it's I like, am. I think I've liked like maybe two of the six movies I've seen. Just like Big Lebowski and True Grit. True Grit, and I think I liked Barton Fink, but I saw that back in college, so I don't remember. Barton Fink is, I would say these are pretty close analogs, actually. Like, and just like weirdly, they both have extremely wild endings, and you're kind of wondering what the fuck does it all mean by the end of it. I will say I haven't seen the last three movies they've done, and I do want to see at least two of them. That's good. I'll probably see the third because you love it, but that probably means I'm going to hate it. <laughs> but I'll give him a chance, I guess. <laughs> I, John, you want to chime in before I start rebuttaling? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm somewhere in between Ben and the asshole. Um, I think <laughs> that... I'm sorry, Lauren. I had to. I had it's to. It's okay. I have IBS. It's a perfect name for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> um, for, for for any viewers or listeners we were talking about nicknames that our parents gave us and lauren said that hers was asshole which it was a joke i just want to reiterate not that any of my family will ever listen to this but i love you mom oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's i don't know like the story of job this movie made me want to go back and read the Bible and read the book of Job, because I started the book of Job, but I've never actually finished it. But there's this assumption with that with that book that there's a moral, like there's a, there's a happy ending, and um, there's like this idea that, no, God is ultimately in control of things, and his commitment to us should be matched by our commitment to him, Um even when we think he is not there, or he's not present, or anything like that. But what's interesting about this about this movie is that it was less about the resolution or the climax, and it was more about just the process. And so, and in that sense, like it wasn't nearly as affecting as, like, say, to to bring up a a recent movie like Joker. Like, sort of watching the spiral into madness and depravity that um, Arthur Fink, Joaquin's fair, Joaquin Phoenix's character, went through in his movie, um, did not... It was much more involving and much more... As horrifying as some of the scenes were, much more... Uh, I don't want to say alluring, but it, it, it lured you in. Like, your attention was um, caught by them or trapped from, like, minute one. It's, like, engrossing. Engrossing, that's a great word. Yeah, thanks. Um, whereas this one, it's just, like, shit just keeps happening to this guy. And it's kind of funny. Like, Michael Stuhlbeck does a great job at playing this, like, um, for better or for worse, almost, like, stereotypical, hysterical Jewish man. Um who's just, he, there's no control over his life and things are happening all around him. But lack of resolution, especially with the ending, where it's like, oh, so now he's getting tenure and maybe, like, things with his wife will be repaired and his his son 
past his bar mitzvah with flying colors and all these good things that start to happen. And then it's, oh, but maybe he's got some terminal or critical illness. And, oh, there's a giant tornado, like, heading towards his son's school. Like, it posed a lot of questions of just, like, how much more can you take? But not... I don't know if necessarily thoughtful or entertaining for the for the audience member. Although I, I do, I will say, I, I find it frustrating sometimes when films have no resolution. But I think if they're done intentionally, they can be incredible. And so, like, when we review Fight Club, it's notorious for having zero resolution at the end. Well, I won't say zero resolution, but, like, having a lot of open-endedness in terms of, like, well, what's actually going to happen plot-wise? And it's still probably going to be my favorite movie of all time. This one piqued my interest, but it might be a while till I go back and revisit it. I think it's interesting that you bring up, like, how it's kind of like its own little religious story you know a parable or a lesson to be learned and i mean i I guess the lesson here is don't 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 i mean the the punishment outweighs the crime but don't give in to your what what would you call them what was the crime changing the kid's score accepting the bribe yeah accepting the bribe and changing the I mean, does it count if it gets torn away by a tornado? (laughs) Before I forget, the one moment in this entire movie that I actually enjoyed was when he was reading the Torah and he looks at his friend who's just laying down high as a kite. That was, uh, that was pretty great. (laughs) I got a pretty big chuckle out of that. The rest of this movie I just did not care for. I don't even remember that moment. I immortalized it on Twitter. I saw that! (laughs) There's also an interesting aspect of him going to these two rabbis each time progressively to try to get, like, some guidance or Mm -hmm. um, some clarity. Like, it felt very much like a commentary also on the modern religious experience to this day, where you might have one who talks in very flowery language and speaks almost through very uplifting and positive emotional language but really it's not helpful at all and it's pretty bullshit actually and it's not sympathetic as well and then you have the opposite side of it where you have a rabbi who maybe gives an almost very academic or highfalutin like idea or parable in in not of constructor i actually love parables and i think like the kind of mystery and lack of resolution in them can be actually extremely spiritual significant But with this guy, it just, it, at one point he asks him, like, what does it mean? And he's like, I don't know, or something like that. Or he offered, like, he throws it back in a dismissiveness that is, that isn't uplifting. And then you have one that looks like current day David Letterman. (laughs) Well, and I love the fact also that he's not even able to go see Rabbi Marshak. And his, finally, the final, the actual, the only interaction we get with him, with his son and his son is sitting there, and this guy is choking out these sentences, and it's just lyrics from Jefferson Airplane. And at the end, he's like, go be a good boy. And it's it's either uplifting in the sense that it's it gets back to the crux of the matter very simply. Like, good isn't this lofty concept that's hard to understand. It's very, like, it's inherently built into all of us to understand, and we know what to do. We just have to go and do it. Or it's this, again, this very poignant commentary that's just like, really, like, all this acclaim and 
value we put on religious scholars like or religious teachers it all comes back to just being good so why do we like value and praise these people so much so i yeah i don't know i think there is some kind of beauty in how you can interpret that thematic plot development in multiple different ways i'll say looking at their imdb pages they don't look anything alike but i do appreciate that they put a question mark behind dibbick like (laughs) (laughs) i think that goes back what john was saying there about how the movie itself is just kind of one of these stories and it's an extreme case where this guy is being tested and tested and tested and tested and then he finally breaks only when he's feeling good about things again too though like i don't know that's an interesting wrinkle as well right like he's feeling like john was saying he feels good about his marriage potentially getting back together he's feeling good about his kid he's feeling good about his job so he thinks because he's everything's millhouse again he's like i can fucking skimp a corner here and to get punished for it i think overall that is an interesting joke for the coen brothers but i don't know i find michael stolberg endlessly hilarious and watchable in this movie his reaction to everything is just so damn good and i think the editing is just brisk and i don't know it's just the movie has a cadence that is hard to find in anything other than coen brother movies to be quite honest and yeah uh, i mean i totally get how you could come off bored or you don't care about this guy but i don't know it, it it always clicked for me and i i remember seeing the ending blowing me away like just the imagery and the doom of that ending blowing me away and then on the re- on subsequent rewatches enjoying the the classic coen brothers comedy of it all and this being this ultimate <laughs> dark humor joke at the end that well, you're all going to die now. I appreciate the effort and the imagery that they brought with it. And I preferred it. <laughs> the tornadoes also, again, like religious allusions and um, references to the Book of Job, too. I mean, I know this is I'm not surprised with Lauren's reaction because I but I also don't think you're supposed to like him. He's not a very likable person, <laughs> so I can get why you didn't connect there. But I don't know, like, did all of you find the movie slow or were you just never really engaged? Is that that same? I wouldn't say I thought it was slow, nor would I say I wasn't engaged. I just was very irritated with most of the people in the movie. (laughs) Which might be a valid feeling for the movie, but I get that's not what you want to feel. Yeah. I didn't think it was slow. I think the pacing was pretty decent. I just, I didn't, like you said, it wasn't engaging. I didn't really... There's nothing in this movie that I cared about, unfortunately. I think the 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 Goy's teeth segment, like the opening segment, is just this brilliant little story in the middle of this movie, though. The filmmaking and the storytelling that's going on. I, I, I feel like Larry when you cut back at the end and you're like, so what happened? And I don't know. I think it's pretty funny that, like John was saying, he's like, I don't know. <laughs> It's just this story that happens to be around there and it's up for you to interpret what it all means. And I think one of the interesting wrinkles to discuss with the movie is like, should the son be punished for the sins of the father and vice versa? Like that seems to be a little give and take here going on with 
because you could you could his argue son whether be punished for his own sins. Well, yeah, but but yeah, so they're both being punished at the end. But then is it? It doesn't feel like Larry should be getting punished the way he is getting punished for. But we don't even know if he gets punished. Like that tornado yeah, could well, dissipate any second, or they could go in the basement, well, which is what they imply. He anyone has in the Midwest cancer. would be doing. <laughs> That's true. Now, they didn't have as efficient um, tornado warning systems back there, Lauren. It looked like those kids were fucked. I don't know. That's basically With the I'm way thinking. the movie was going, it was going to be a dream, and they just forgot to tr- like. They forgot to film that segment, and so it just ended. <laughs> Everyone's fine, but not because everything sucks. And like Channel Nine or whatever it won is just continues to be staticky, and I hate everything. One thing, one thing that I think is also interesting is shoot, I really forgot it. I have no idea what I was about to say. Sins of the Father. No, I think oh, that was I very remember. valid. The thing that you found interesting was nothing. Um, no, I love how <laughs> Fagel. I was gonna say. <laughs> I love how Fagel was. This is the friend. No, it's the, you're the the guy he owes money to. I should say the guy he owes money to was never seen from the front. He was always seen like in the same camera position where it was like left of screen. And maybe a little bit of a head or a little bit behind, but you always saw his back. And I don't know, the the repetition of that shot, whether it was in the class or after he was chasing him home, to finally, like, when he's looking at the tornado is kind of just like, it's an equalizer, too. Because this giant lumbering figure, he was almost like a golem in <laughs> Danny's eyes, like, is humanized and cut low in the in the presence of this giant tornado. And I don't know, it's just, uh, it's just very powerful imagery. See, when you were thinking about that, I was thinking like how dumb this kid is that he always starts chasing him after the kids made it past his house already. It's like, just wait at the kid's house. You'll get your $20. (laughs) Did we think the kid Danny was going to give the money back or was he going to antagonize him when he's calling out to him at the end? I assumed he was going to give it back. That's the way I felt this time. But I feel like I felt differently in the past. Well, because I think that plays into the that whole like theolo- that like theoretical argument of like w- what it all means. But I guess you guys didn't care enough to even think about that. So it means nothing. That's what it meant to me. Yeah, there's also I feel like there's a strong nihilistic vibe in this movie, though, which mm. which I do have tendencies towards, despite my religious leanings. Yeah, nobody really shows any emotion in this movie except Larry. And, like, Psy has a different vibe going on. But he's pretty much one kind of... <laughs> he's got one gear I... the whole movie. And it's pretty n- negative and assuming that he just makes a... He's not a good person by any way, shape, or form. But Yeah. I will say, he, like... it's It's another, like, kind of just illustration of, like, the humility... Or the uh, the low status of Lawrence, just the fact that he's in a, like if it was anyone else, and you're trying to have a like having a conversation with your wife's like future husband and potentially like former lover, like while you were married to them, like having a conversation isn't even like an option. But he's so like accommodating to him. He's so accommodating that I couldn't help but laugh every time, like, he tried to get, like, 
a word in, a word that wasn't even inflammatory, and he'd be like, oh, listen, 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 and he'd, like, hug him. And it's just like, oh, man, this guy is such a sucker. It's, it is kind of funny. Yeah, how he keeps implying that there was no hanky-panky, or his wife had oopsie-doopsie, or something like that. I, 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 I think everything with Sai is hilarious. And I think the weirdest part in the movie, though, is Richard Kind, his brother, like, what the fuck is going on there? Like, that's the best argument for, like, what does this all mean? I, 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 I mean, Richard Kind is funny and, 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 and he's giving a good performance, but he, yeah, that, that is one element of the movie I still haven't really grasped with. See, that part frustrated me so much because I just wanted Larry to take that book and make himself money by gambling wherever it's legal. <laughs> or I thought he was going to take it and turn it into the 10-year people at the end because it would be something that, quote-unquote, he did to present to himself af- like yeah. other than educational teaching and whatnot. It's like, there's so many different things. It's like, just do that. At least it would be something. It's awful, but it's something. It's like, but he just does nothing. Yeah, I, I, yeah that that's interesting that he, you know, he has done nothing, and that's like his defense is like, I've done nothing. Like, I didn't really think about that as an interesting wrinkle to like, why is he being rewarded with tenure if he's literally just, he's not published any papers or, you know, I, I don't know. That's a, that's some new stuff for me to chew on with this movie, I think. Yeah, but, I legitimately, when he got tenure, I was shocked. Yeah. Especially since the guy kept on trying to like, it seemed like he was softening the blow and then, oh, yep, you're going to be very happy with what you get. Um, did anybody ever do the Columbia House Records thing and get any free CDs when they were younger? I don't think no. so. No. I definitely feel like I did. The, definitely got some. I remember, free Zach? CDs. We're we're a lot younger than you. Yeah. Um, no, I remember looking some... at those catalogs and stuff all we're, the time. But we're like two years younger than him, guys. Let's not. <laughs> we're like two hundred. I years remember younger than Zach. No. Getting a lot of free CDs and not really paying for any. I feel like I figured out how to game that system when I was a kid. Which makes me wonder if that was something that was around when this movie took place. That it was still around into the late 90s. Like, who did they ever make money off of if teenagers around the world were able to swindle them at every single turn? Well, it seemed like they were going to make money off of Larry. Maybe. I guess it's the... 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 the, the Milk toast adults who just roll over and pay for it is where they made their money. Um, I don't. I don't think any debt collectors ever came calling. Maybe I did get in trouble once for signing <laughs> up for that. I don't know. Maybe I was just never told that my parents bailed me out for getting. I think I did movies. They did a movie one. Not C- maybe I did both. I feel like I gamed two systems: CDs and DVDs. Um, but yeah, I related to that part. That was a great scene too. I I don't know. This movie, even, it just, I don't know, every scene watching Stolberg just puts a smile on my face, even if he's, like I said, he's not the most intrigued. Like, I get invested in what's happening to him, even if I think he's a schmuck the whole time. So, um, yeah. It sounds like you kids don't have a ton to say. So we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. I don't I guess I just don't connect to parables as much as John does. <laughs> <laughs> you see, John the kingdom of God is like, oh God. This might The kingdom of God worst. is like a red baron mini frozen pizza. 
Um, I didn't have anywhere else to go with this. I just really want to make dinner right now. Look at the parking lot. <laughs> See, you thought that was funny. I chuckled. I chuckled. I still can't believe no one died in this movie or got shot at the end. They I guess someone died. technically died, but yeah, what was up with them dying like at guys the same that had a heart time? Attack. Oh yeah, I guess there were a couple deaths, but like just the music of this movie. I really expected someone to be murdered by Lawrence at some point in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of um, Jefferson oh, Airplane. The, the key to this movie... Oh, great use of that song, by the way. Also, the key to the movie Uses. is... The dad's... Uh, the Korean dad. Uh, embrace the mystery is the line. <laughs> is the key to enjoy this movie, I think. <laughs> uh, both scenes... All the scenes with... Um, the the student and the dad i think all the those neighbor are really just good. comes over this man bothering you yeah <laughs> yeah that was great too. uh no no we're fine <laughs> um that's gonna do it for a serious man uh next week we are going to be reviewing terminator dark fate yeah oh god i can't wait to talk about that yet spoiler we already recorded that episode like a week or two ago (laughs) it'll be like four weeks ago when this gets posted so (laughs) no this is going to be much faster so as we're discussing we already recorded that episode it's just lauren it's uh, so good and ben uh, Ben's a fan, Lauren and I were not, but I think we had a good conversation about that movie and um, what does and doesn't work for all of us. Um, so mm-hmm. until then, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. You can find us at middleofrow.com and you can rate and review the podcast. Apparently it does things. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Instagram at the Grigsby Bear, and you can follow all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. How many posts do you have on Instagram? Like two. Okay. <laughs> Why are you promoting your Instagram then? <laughs> I don't know. If I get enough followers, I'll start doing shit on it. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. But I want them to come, and then I'll build it. Granted, they are getting rid of the like system, so who knows how it's going to work out in the future. Gasp! Uh, I'm Jonathan Rahul, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at another Rahul J. You can also follow us on Twitter at Middle of Row. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can follow me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find me or find us, I suppose, on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go watch Terminator Dark Fate. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the row. Your eyes, I say, your eyes may look like here.